Hello and welcome to All Villa No Filler, a podcast all about Aston Villa, the world's greatest football team. Well, Unai Emery's mighty villains made it two wins in two this weekend with a 1-0 win over Crystal Palace. We'll get to that in a moment. And later on, Frankie serves up another question hotter than the Saharan Desert in the spicy question. But first things first, Frankie, how are you? Yeah, I'm very good. I'm just sort of recovering from witnessing Liverpool demolish Manchester United. Oh my word, 7-0. I know, I know. Who saw that one coming? Uh, it's quite funny that we're in a WhatsApp group with Man United and Liverpool fans, and I mean like <laughs> mad Man United yeah, and Liverpool fans. Yeah. And uh, when when Liverpool went 6-0 up, the, the Liverpool fan just wrote in capital letters, United are back! <laughs> <laughs> It was extremely funny. Yeah, yeah. No, the the other United fans in the group sort of got relatively quiet. Sort of a couple of snipey remarks back, but yeah. generally speaking, I think they're um, licking their wounds. It yeah. must be. It must. It must be a bit surreal actually for them to sort of endure a result like that because they obviously have been improving quite a lot in recent months under Ten Hag. Yeah. So that must feel like a real like anomalous result against your most fierce rivals. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I have to say, like, there's been. There's been some like Twitter accounts that sort of often talk about what is the biggest rivalry in English football. Mm. Because, you know, for us, Villa Blues is 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 the big one. But I think generally speaking, Liverpool Man United does always seem to have a real kind of weight of history behind it, and yeah. more so than I don't know. Like like a lot of people were talking about Man City Liverpool for the past couple of seasons. Obviously, mm. the top two going at it. But I think yeah. even regardless of where they are in the table and how they're performing, United Liverpool always seems to me to kind of like feel like the biggest in English football. Maybe other others would disagree, but it does kind of feel that way. No, I agree. Yeah, United and Liverpool have that just a century of history, don't they? And they also like they're they're basically a mirror image of each other, and mm. they just they're just you know for. Liverpool United, you've got Carragher and Neville. You know, yeah, it's just yeah, yeah. it's like a, there's just such a similarity between the two and such a successful history that I think it just adds weight to it. But I think, yeah, rivalries in, in English football, I'd go um I think I think Villa Blues is very much possibly the nastiest. It's up there, isn't it? Yeah. And it's it's all Birmingham City driven, of course. They are to blame for it. Um, they are <laughs> course, obsessed yeah. with us. They will just not shut up about us. Like some some ex who won't stop going on about the boyfriend who left them or girlfriend well, the who left them or whatever. I, I can't remember another rivalry where a fan literally ran onto the pitch to punch. I don't, yeah. Um, do you know what I mean? Like that, I've never, that was just obscene uh, and i and, and i haven't i haven't seen that happen anywhere else in another no. so you know and that are you, are, to show it. it's not even just that it's the, it's all the way back in you know the uh 2002 2003 oh, the dublin savage headbutt the headbutt blue, that yeah, blues yeah, family yeah. on the pitch and sort of slapping Enkelman Enkelman. in the face after yeah. the just um god i hated that game so much oh, i remember i, I, I was oh. I, I was on like a like a school retreat that game and right. I, we like literally had it on the radio like five live <laughs> he turned yeah. it up and i went to school in uh south birmingham as, as you know kind of obviously we had some sunny hull which mm. is like a big kind of if any of the listeners don't know birmingham that well but it's a big kind of blue nose area south birmingham like a lot of my classmates came from places like yardley and stuff which is a yeah, real like, like, blues hot spot so like we were kind of in the minorities Villa fans, and I thought to myself pretty smugly you know we were that we, we were the established premier league team <laughs> they'd just come up they had like rubbish players like Darren Carter playing for them, yeah. um, and um, <laughs> and um, and I was I was like, oh yeah, this should be a, this should be a cakewalk. And then obviously the whole Enkelman thing happened. It was just oh, like, oh And just yeah. hear, hearing on the radio, I didn't really understand what was going on. It just yeah. sounded like utter carnage. 
Um, all I knew was this a throw in, and before I knew it, they'd scored. And I was trying to work oh, out in my was... in my head as like an eleven year old, like what had happened. And obviously, I caught up on TV later. But what a fiasco oh, that was! And I'll never forget. Derby game. I'll never forget going into school the next day, and because um, Har- I'm fr- I've been from Solly Hall. Like Solly Hall's uh, quite mixed. It's like Villa and Blues. I'd mm. say half. I knew a lot of Birmingham fans, but I knew also knew a lot of Villa, um, and. Uh, yeah, I remember going into school the next day and it was just like, oh my God, like all Villa fans sat in a corner just staring off into the, like the thousand yard stare. Um, <laughs> but uh, we fortunately had our vengeance upon them, considering we'd beaten them about 10 times in a row or something mad. Yeah, that, that feels then, nice. That feels that, nice. I don't think they've won against us since like 2005. Yeah, we, well, we went through that annoying run where time. we couldn't beat them. And then when yeah. we figured out how to beat them, we sort of never really lost them again. Yeah. <laughs> quite nice I was, at, um, I was at the game where we ended the hoodoo we beat the kevin phillips the kevin phillips goal. yeah, yeah. Was that, that was that was the one where david o'leary ran over to like the director's <laughs> box or something shaking his fist yeah but uh but yeah uh but rivals was I, I think villa blues really is up there and but you know, I'm not sure it's a game that's going to be played for quite a while now, unless we draw them in the cup. <laughs> no, I can't see that happening. I mean, we shouldn't laugh at a club's misfortune, but my, never, no, uh, no, no, it could happen I to mean, anybody. It could happen to anyone, and you know, God knows we came close to Very being close. As bad for us in recent years. But it feels like a real, a real mess of blues. Anyway, anyway, it's <laughs> not about Birmingham City today. It's about Villa. It's about Crystal Palace. Uh, obviously, it finished Villa mm-hmm. one, Crystal Palace nil. Frankie, you were there. I was. You were there so live and in person what was it what was it like what was the atmosphere like what did you make of the result in person oh well i I think it was a very solid good win and i think um i think if if emery was to be critical i think he would say i wish it was two nil or i wish it was three nil i Mm, think that's where i think you could criticize villa and say we didn't put them to bed when we should have done um you know uh, at the end of the first half watkins had a guilt-edged chance that he absolutely should have finished. Great work from Buendia to set it all up. Mm. And Watkins, you know, if you're to criticise Watkins and say, why is he not, I've said it before, why is he not regularly in the England squad? It's because you can't quite trust him to finish as regularly as most of the strikers in the England team. But that said, he's scored five and five. um, And uh, you can give him that, you know, it's fair enough, right? He's going to, all strikers miss big chances at some point. It's how you come back from it. And you get yourself in the positions and the goals will come again. So no problems at all with Watkins. He ran very, you know, ran very gamely yesterday. I thought he was quite isolated. When the ball came to him for that chance, I remember thinking, I think that's the first time I've seen him touch the ball this half, really. Mm. Um, and for me, it felt like most of Villa's play was in defence. And it was kind of like very calmly played around at the back. Yeah. And I think we're getting more patient with that. I think we're getting better at it. Obviously, there's still mistakes to come. I think Douglas Ruiz lost the ball and it almost led to a Palace chance. So we are going to keep making mistakes doing that because we probably don't have the perfect personnel for it. But what I will say is that the personnel we do have are really improving at it and they're getting more confident with it and they're not resorting to belting it away. And I think they learned from the Arsenal game where we did resort to doing that at the end of the second half, which led to Arsenal's winner. Emery's obviously been at them and coaching them and saying, no, keep the ball. And, uh, you know, in we'll talk about the crowd reaction in a minute. But for me, I, I, I'm really, I was really happy to see Villa control it at the back. And, in, and because of that, with that control at the back, I thought Villa controlled the game 
overall, really. That was my perception of it in the ground. Um, what did you make of it, George? Yeah, obviously, Frank, I wasn't there with you. Unfortunately, one day we our paths will cross at Villa Park, but I, mm. I, I caught up on the highlights, the extended highlights, and um, it's... Uh, it um it was it was as you say uh, very controlled um yeah I, I i completely agree with you that we could and should have scored more but we it just felt like we kept palace at bay comfortably and i think once they went down to 10 men um for those two ridiculous challenges from decore really mm, nasty uh, just, just nasty i mean I'll, I'll, well, I'll talk about the kamara challenge now while while we're at it yeah. I mean, just, just you know, just un- completely unnecessary. And I, I hope Kamara comes back because he's very, obviously, very integral to our team, to our midfield. Um, I know Villa tweeted a kind of a get, you know, back soon sort of cryptic message. So maybe that means it's not as bad as uh, as I thought looking back at the highlights because his ankle really did seem to go in a quite an unnatural position. But yeah. we'll see on that one. But anyway, um, I digress. It was, it was, um, it was a very comfortable performance and. Um, I think obviously after Palace did go down to ten men, they they struggled to kind of gain a foothold in the in the game. Um, you know, if Sahar was marginally uh, well onside, uh, then then obviously his goal would have completely changed the uh, the 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 um, the makeup of of the game and maybe affected the outcome. He's always a bit of a thorn in, in our side, uh, as he is for most clubs. He's, he's such a good player. He's a great player. He's yeah. a brilliant player, and he's he's. I, I'll be honest. I think he's he's much better than than than. Palace. It's a strange one how he's kind of still there. Um, well, obviously, he did. George, he was at United for a while, but George might I make yeah. a suggestion. Contract mm. ends mm. at the end of the season. Well, a team that does need a player for his profile. Very true. And they're called Aston Villa. That's so, that is a good point. That would be a very interesting move. Well, I mean, I, have to say, I, don't, I don't. I don't really like him as a as a sort of personality he's sort of quite annoying but i think if he um, plays for you you like him sure yeah yeah of course i mean you know we have martinez so i guess that's maybe the same sort of effect, and we have but... ashley young who threw he... the ball over zaha's head as well yeah. you know it's like yeah it's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 but no you're i mean I, I would absolutely take him he's he's a he's a he's a class act isn't he really mm. but anyway obviously that was a that was uh fortunate and obviously var ruled in correctly ruled in our favor so so again that that had an impact on on how the game turned out i think that that might have knocked them at sort of the wind out of their sails a little bit too um it can have that sort of effect so once we did score that that goal, you know, great. I mean, a brilliant ball from McGinn through to uh, Matty Cash, obviously trying to find Watkins, Anderson trying to stop him getting the ball, and it inadvertently goes goes in past Guaita. So um, that was, you know, that was it was obviously great to get that first goal, and and then and then it's all about kind of trying to build on that if you can, and if you can't, then obviously trying to stop the ball going into the back of the net, but. Palace really are lacking, you know, beyond Zaha, they 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 they've struggled. Um, to perform, they haven't won a game. I think this year at all. Yeah, they? they've had so, a ho- the ho- horrible run of fixtures, but yeah, yeah, they're... a nasty run of fixtures, and I think they've got some tricky fixtures to come. So, so they, you know, they probably are looking over their shoulder. But if you look at the table now, there is a real gap between mm. us and them. It's almost like us looking us upwards, sort of the the, the teams which have much more kind of they're more upwardly mobile. The ones below us, maybe Bar Wolves, are all kind of looking looking behind them so yeah so it was important to get that win really to, to get that sort of buffer i i suppose between us and the, the, the teams below us definitely um uh i like the fact that there's um a much more settled midfield now obviously mcginn coming back and he's really playing in at a really a high level he's oh really he is isn't he? he's, he's looking great he's a lot he was lucky not to score 
Um, but he's not far away from getting back on the score sheet. But he's yeah. he's he's got like a hunger, desire. He's playing in a, a a really good position for him, getting forward, really influencing the play further up the field. Uh, up the field. Um, so so that's great to see. And and that midfield of, you know, Ramsey, McGinn, Kamara, and uh, Luis, really solid uh, midfield four. Um, and to be honest, the, the team generally bar the kind of Buendia, Bailey, you know, that's interchangeable. Dina Moreno is a bit interchangeable. And yeah. although, although, you know, Matty Cash is playing a lot more, Cash Young has been a bit interchangeable recently, though, although Cash is kind of nailing down that place at right back now. He, he's, he's another player in, in decent form. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think um, it's, it's just a sign of that process, which is ongoing with, with, with Emery. Um, we are a work in progress. We're, still learning how to play under him that that passing out from the back thing it's 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 you know it did work but there are occasions where it when it didn't and that will probably be what we'll see for a, at least a few more weeks or months until we really sort of really get familiar with that and also bring in the personnel that everyone wants to bring in in the summer that will make a big difference too yeah so yeah but very positive and and it was nice to see villa at home control a game a keep keep a clean sheet Two wins on the on the bounce after three defeats on the spin, so yeah, it's it's all good. Well, yeah, I mean, what I'd say to that is, you know, also, yeah, you know, we've had a lot of wild games at home recently. The four two with Leeds, uh, Leeds, uh, Leicester, and um, Arsenal. So to have a more controlled game like that, though it was only one nil, we probably should have got more, particularly when they went down to ten men. At the same time, it's worth remembering Palace don't concede much; they've not been no. winning. But they've not really been losing all the time. They've drawn yeah, they're, they're drawing a, a lot of games. Yeah, against yeah, some yeah. tough opposition. You know, I think mm. they drew Liverpool recently. I think maybe yeah. United as well, Newcastle. Mm-hmm. So then, and they're not defensively. They're solid enough. Um, and we, with the chances we had, we should have beaten them two or three really. So that's a really good sign that Villa were creating those chances. Mm-hmm. But um, with on the passing it out from the back thing, um, Villa's goal came from passing it out of the back. Just yeah. patience at the back. Yeah, and it all yeah, yeah. got built up right from the back, back of the pitch. Comes into McGinn. And McGinn, fantastic pass. Brilliant mm, run from really good. Um, Matty Cash. Good coaching, that is. Coaching and listening and knowing the moment to do that action. Um, yeah. It was really good. And then sending the ball across. Um, it was such a... You know, if you were to criticise Cash, I think you could say his delivery at times is not as elite as it as a... That's, you know, as it could be, or it's not mm. as consistent as it could be. Mm. That was a great ball. Um, and if he's able to pull out more of that going forward, because he played really well yesterday, McGinn played really well again, mm, yeah. leaner, fitter, harder, faster, stronger, all that. And he, he had two chances, one where he slipped and one which was saved. Um, I feel the goal's coming for him soon. He hasn't scored this season, but it will come. Um and then the second chance we had, the second half, where, again, we were really patient at passing it around at the back. It came to Chambers, and Chambers suddenly realised as he turned, hang on, there's quite a lot of room to run into here. So he ran forward, and you can mm. see Villa count, like, hitting them, hit, hitting Palace, ball across them, again, just slipped before he hit it, and then took the shot, and he obviously, you know, with the slip, he lost that moment to take the chance. But again, it... It was another moment, another chance that came from patient play at the back. And I was delighted to see it where Villa, you know, and I was was sat so close to the pitch and right in line with the defence in the first half. So it kind of felt like I was, um, I I could really get a sense of like watching Villa just playing it around at the back. And around me, there were mostly people, 
the majority, vast majority of people were very like good with it, like applauding it, you know, very patient with it. Yes, there was one or two people near me, maybe one guy who was like, get rid, get rid, you know, get, get, no, just don't, don't dither on it, get rid. And I was kind of thinking like, oh, I really hope the Villa players are listening to Professor Unai here and not this gentleman sat near me. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they're begging much attention. Frankly, <laughs> um, I mean, I, I think English football, culturally, you know, growing up, we both played 11 aside, growing up in, in you know, in Birmingham pitches and Solihull and all that. And, you know, everybody else who's ever played 11 aside will have memories of growing up in the 90s and the 2000s of lots of dads and moms are lined up along the side of the football pitch yelling, gamble, kick it out, second ball. It's all very much, you know, get it away. Don't mess around with it at the back. So I think we're just going to have to get used to this, that this is what it is now. Frankie, was that was that person was that person next to you, Stephen Gerrard? <laughs> yeah, I thought, he, I thought he was wearing a fake little beard. Little, I thought he had a Scouse accent. Yeah, of course. Yeah, just get rid. No, yeah, of course. Just, you know, why? Why are they playing with wide players? I don't. I don't. Yeah, of course. Um, one day I'm going to meet Stephen Gerrard on a by accident somehow. Yeah, and it's going to be. It's going to feel he'll, awkward. He'll, he'll, yeah, he'll, he'll remember. He'll be, he's listening to the show right now. Yeah, in tears. Yeah, All I was those... listening to the podcast and the the, <laughs> the, um, the Palace game. I remember listening to it and, uh, you know, yeah, you've got yeah. something to say to me, Frankie. Yeah, you got something to say to my face, have you? Do you want to say it again? <laughs> I'll, I'll be running faster than Gabby Obonlo in his prime in the opposite direction. Um, but also, you know, I say I was in line with the defence. The Wilfred Zaha offside goal, you can tell how hard it is as a linesman because I mm. was convinced it was onside. Yeah, like I was literally I, I was, dead on with it, and everybody else around kind of thought it was on. And when it went to, when it went to VAR, I was like, "Nah, it's onside. It's onside. We just better get on with it. It's onside." And then as soon as it went offside, I said, "I told you it was offside. I told you. Why is no one bloody listening to me? It was clearly offside." Honestly, it must have been millimeters. It was. I, well, yeah, it, it it really was. Yeah, as I say on, on the highlights, it was it was it was very very close. Um, but then I, you know, I, I've, I have seen closer VAR calls. It wasn't it wasn't like those ridiculous ones where it's like they're they're sort of judging between sort of like toenails. But it was Wesley against Burnley. That's yes, it wasn't it yeah. wasn't that ridiculous. But but um, it was very very marginal. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean they they they're game changing decisions, aren't they? Because you do feel like you know if if Palace had scored because they start. I thought that we started better. Yes, and and they got that 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 incident was against the run of play, mm. um, so that could have shifted the momentum slightly. But hey ho, that's why I, that's why it exists. Frankly, I, I thought in the ground, I thought it looked to me Palace were almost playing four four two, which was interesting because they were saying four three two one when I looked, or four two three one when I looked at how the formations have been set up after the game, mm-hmm. and I was quite like, really, Palace looked like they were playing four four two to me. It was like they were going, trying to match Villa. Maybe it was a four two three one in possession, and then. Four four two out of it. it. It looked like that to me, anyway. And um, uh, a lot of Villa's play came down the left hand side. I thought, yeah. Um, and there was one or two moments, you know, I could uh, see Emery talking to Buendia in the first half on the sidelines. So that was it. Was quite interesting just to observe a few things and to hear the voices on the pitch and see a yeah. mo- couple of moments where Louise got frustrated at Mings not passing it to him. And Mings like you know setting the the line and telling you know shouting at Ramsey to come closer. And it's just really interesting to see all that up close. I think I, I really find that you, you know like you know what just 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 thinking about it. There can't be too many more hardworking sides than us now. If you think of the personnel mm. that are in the starting eleven, McGinn, Buendia, 
Kamara, Luis, Ramsey, Watkins, you know, Cash and Moreno. Like mm. that that that's a team with legs. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. they they will run and run and run and run, all of those players, which is I suppose is is exactly what Emery wants. And, and ultimately that if you you know, uh, on a very basic level, generally speaking, teams that run more will have a better chance of winning games, won't they? You know, if if mm. they if they can if they can work harder. So that was nice to see. I thought, you know, and, and that's something that was, we're absolutely seeing, I think, a lot more of under Emery is that we are much more industrious and not in a negative way. Because when I say industrious, you know, we're not, it's not like we're playing, you know, you know, sort of really sort of um, hard to watch football. I mean, sometimes yeah. people don't like necessarily the passing at the back. I, 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 I get that. But generally speaking, you know, we're not we're not we're not a particularly unattractive side to watch. But we also have the legs to to go with the the the, the style of play that we've we're currently working through. Yeah, and you'd hope they have the legs because I think under Gerard, I feel like I remember we were one of the lowest. We were, yeah, we were. Teams. Yeah, um, we were. So I mean, God, the, the turnaround under Emery. I know I keep saying it every week, but he's what he's doing at Villa is so, it's so clear what we're building when I, when I watch us in person yesterday and I'm like, it's so obvious there's a new style that's here. And um, it's really obvious what he's trying to build there. It's just, it's so exciting to witness. Um, you know, I thought Kamara was really, really good as well in, in person. I thought, again, just passing it around nicely. And then the tackle on him again, I must've been about 15 meters from it. And as soon as Decore did it, I, and you, I could see, the way sort of Kamara was sort of sent forward, you know, forcefully, you could immediately tell. I was like, "What the hell kind of tackle was that?" Mm. It was such an abs- it was. A, I, I watched the because I watched the replay, thinking like, "Have I sort of overreacted?" Thinking it was bad, and I was like, "No, that was a red card." Yeah, that was like either stupidity or just frustration, or both. Um, and and, then, was, and uh, then for him to do it literally, you know, two, five minutes later to his his replacement, uh, yeah, you know, Chambers. Just insanity, really. You, if you're Vieira, you'd be fuming, wouldn't you? Yeah, uh, I think I could see when I, as soon as I saw the tackle, I thought that he's not getting up from this. He's going to go off, mm. and lo and behold, he did. And um, I, I can't help but think uh, yeah. he might be out for a few weeks, um, which will be interesting to see how probably Chambers after his performance against Palace when he came on. You know, maybe him over Dendon. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you know, he, he's we. Yeah, well, we, we've we've um, we've mentioned it before when Chambers joined. Obviously, um, he, we signed him from Arsenal, but before that, he was on loan at Fulham and, and played that sort of defensive midfielder role and did really well. So, Clarity. you know, he's, he's yeah, yeah. So he's played there before and, he, and he's experienced and he's he's done it. So, um, yeah, I guess it'll be hit between him and Dendonka. So we'll we'll have to wait and see. But hopefully, you know, Kamara gets back on his feet soon because he's been such an integral player for us. All Villa, no filler on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Welcome back, everybody. Now it is time for this. George and I could be heading for a major fallout like Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels way back in the day in WWE, if anybody can remember or understand what I'm talking about when I reference that. As I ask this, the spicy question. And today, George, I ask you this. If you could change something about Aston Villa, what would it be? Oh, um, got you thinking a bit. You have. Brain um, teaser. You know, you know what? I mean, you have kind of alluded to this earlier. Um 
about sort of fa- sort of fan response to to uh, the club to the players uh, both kind of inside the stadium outside the stadium on social media that sort of thing mm. and listen like you know fans will have a a, a, a huge uh, wide ranging view of opinions when it comes to personnel when it comes to tactics when it comes to managers and signings and 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 everything that comes with supporting the football club I, I i totally get that i think sometimes what frustrates me is that um and i think it's a bit of a symptom of sort of social media culture that they just go way over the top either either you know you know if we win 4-0 then we'll go on a six game unbeaten run and, and challenge for the champions league or we'll we'll lose quite comprehensively and it's you know God, you know getting gone this this guy needs selling um we need to change the formation to change everything you know all the rest of it i think and i, and I don't think it's it's unique to aston villa either no, i think not. a lot of, a lot of clubs have that you know that particular element of the fan base that that are just are just a little bit toxic and again i'm not i'm not calling out anyone listening to the to the to our show i just think if i could change one thing it would be kind of like you know just just maybe having a bit of a nuanced approach to 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 supporting the football club because i think sometimes i worry that that sort of that sort of culture seeps its way into the ground i mean i've listened to a few a few podcasts from people that go to villa park much more frequently than you you and i and they say that there are some moments even in games when we're winning where you know certain fans will like berate players for doing for just making you know either either making mistakes or doing something that they didn't want to see happen even though these are professional footballers that chances are no much more than you do when it comes to kind of making sort of certain decisions um and and I you know I've been to the park a few times where the people around me have just been just been actually quite negative and it does it does impact your overall experience and enjoyment uh, and as I say, this, this is all sort of like, you know, there is, there isn't, there is, there's a part of me that thinks, obviously, you know, if you pay your money to go, you can say what you like. But I think maybe just having that element where you could, are you a bit more aware of what you're saying and maybe the impact it has on the people around you and their sort of enjoyment of the experience. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm getting to the age now, you know, I've got, I've got a young boy and at some point I'll want him to, I want to take him to Villa Park and I, I don't want his experience to be impinged on by kind of quite sort of negative nasty views and shouts of, of the people around him i wanted to have, have a good experience like like regardless of the result win lose or draw um mm. i just want him to you know walk up the stairs like i did when i was a boy and just be sort of taken a taken aback by just that experience of going to see aston villa play for the first time yeah because it's a it's a real it's a you know you'll admit i'm sure frankie it's a really special moment the first time and the first few times that you go to villa park first i mean it's still every it's, time honestly, every time yeah, yeah absolutely you know, I, I, I agree Probably. i was just saying i mean I haven't been for a while now, but but I know for a fact next time I do go, it'll I'll still feel like that kid going up the, the steps for the first time. So, mm. yeah, I don't I don't want his enjoyment to be to be um, to be impacted by that sort of attitude. Um, but again, I as I said, I can understand there are some people that might disagree with what I'm saying. But if I could change something about Villa, um, that might be it. It's just just certain people sort of the way they refer to the club and players occasionally. I would say, yeah. Well, like, that- yeah, that seems like a kind of society thing, and maybe it's something that's in all football clubs. Um, yeah, it's that kind of because you know we have to take into account players' mental health. You know, they can hear this stuff a lot mm-hmm. of the time, and you have to take into account you know the the yeah the people around you, the kids around you. And I've never angrily sworn at players ever. I've never 
you know, even in the darkest days, you know, when I was sat there watching a Wigan batter us 3-0 at home and seeing some terrible losses over the years. But, you know, I, I still I still think, I mean, the, 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 the relegation season, the players disgraced to themselves. They did. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, the leadership from the top also disgraced itself. And Absolutely. I think that seeped it was, through it the was, whole club. Yeah, it was, it was a culture of... Of, of that wasn't it everywhere and you, you can totally un- and so in that sense you totally understand why people react in a much more it's hard not to control your emotions when you're witnessing something you care about so much be treated with such disdain by seemingly everyone mm-hmm. who matters there um but you know now it's like we're obviously run far better great manager really likable players like yeah Players who represent this team so well off the pitch mm. and on it, like Tyro Mings, you know, what a brilliant person he is. Ollie Watkins, John McGinn, Matt Cass, all these, you know, all of them, lots, you know, and I just think, um, yeah, if you, when I just think there's no, there's no reason to be so aggressive and swearing and uh, at these people. And um, yeah, I think that is something that I think uh, it's not exclusive to Villa. It's a hundred percent a, a all clubs have that element to it. Absolutely. But, yeah, but, absolutely. Yeah. But but I, I do totally agree. I think sometimes I'm sat there and I think I'll listen to someone near me and think, you know, there's other people sat next to you. Can you can you like just not be like constantly shouting and swearing at players for things that like to be quite frank, they're doing right and you just don't understand. Yeah. Because I'm not even sure you understand football. Like it's it's uh, yeah. But I, I think um that's that's obviously not to you know say that people cannot react in a, you know, of course you can react and all that, but it's just more. I don't know, just, just don't, don't don't be a dick. Is that is that is that a fair way of putting it? Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, that, yeah. I mean, fundamentally, that is that is that is that is a fair way of putting it. Yeah, because, yeah. um, yeah, because because it's just yeah, and I, I mean, what are, you kind of I kind of think like, what are you what are you getting out of it? Yes. What what are you what are you here? Is for? it benefiting you in any way to be yeah. sort of quite nasty and spiteful and malicious and aggressive? Um, yeah. you know, I, I, I don't know. I it's 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 a, it's uh, for me it's a sort of a strange it's a strange mentality to go into a football grounds and sort of almost sort of knowing that you're gonna you're gonna act that way to mm. to, to either one time in particular or the entire team, or whatever. Mm. Um, I just, I just, I just don't get it. You pay so much money these days to go to watch a football game. Yeah, that that you know is that is that how you really want to spend your time? Yeah, um, doing that sort of stuff. But you know, I think it's not. It won't. It won't. I, I'm sure you know this isn't going to change anything. But um, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's uh, interesting. It's obviously, um, you know, I, I, it's interesting. Like you know, every time I go to Villa Park, you know, I, I've been conditioned by going from the very early 90s and i always feel like even when we were quite successful in the late 90s early 2000s even during the o'neill era there were a lot of games i go to where it was like dead the atmosphere wasn't very loud and i feel like every time i go now i'm always like really taken aback by how loud like the Mm. whole tennis yesterday the whole end did not stop singing the entire game so I think I think that I think the atmosphere is. Like, I, I really enjoy it. I get such a buzz and listening to all the songs and you know about John McGinn, Martinez, Unai Emery, Buendia. It's just it's fantastic. It's a, it's a good buzzing atmosphere now. I think other people may disagree with that, but I think generally I am enjoying my experience of Villa Park for sure, much more so than I used to. Definitely. Um, but uh, 
The transport can be a bit of an issue at Villa. I think obviously that's not really in the, the club's control, but you know, right at the end of the game, I was like, I really have to run like Forrest Gump now. If Tom Hanks had seen me doing it, he'd have been so proud of me. <laughs> Running like Forrest Gump from the Trinity Road to Witten Station because I was just like, those queues can be quite. It can take a while. I've been I've been in oh, there yeah. for a long time, and um, it's so. I think it, I, I just. I just kind of wish that the transport to Villa was easier, but you know, with with the north. The thing is, development... it's, it's, it's bad. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Is I mean, it's bad enough as it is now, but if mm. you know, obviously, if the development goes ahead, it's going to be it's going to be a lot a lot worse. So, yeah, obviously, the, the club are looking at looking at that, aren't they? Yeah. So you know, you got the north stand development. You got the box park coming in. You want this to be an entertainment facility all week. It's it's going to have to improve in some way. That's but again, that's Villa having to talk to Network Rail or government or local Council, government, all that yeah. kind of thing. So we'll um hopefully that's something that can improve over time. Um but yeah, uh yeah, generally though, my, my feeling on Villa, I feel like we're in a good place. And I think it's on the pitch, it's get it's it's getting better. We've got the perfect manager. Yeah. And uh for you know, for now and um off the pitch, the owners are very, very ambitious, and you never know how it'll end up. You know, it could could all go wrong like it did under Randy Lerner, but I don't think it will. I think they're much more committed, and they've proven that so far. So we'll see how it goes over the years. But I'm definitely um in a very good place with their villa currently are and where we're where we're headed. Okay, thank you everybody for listening. I've been your host, George Linsky. Frankie, I will see you later. See you in a bit, George, up the villa up the villa and it is goodbye from me too we will be back again to review the next game which is against west ham but until then come on super aston villa